Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. I am Erica Housley, and this is my story. All right. Well, we're here with Erica Housley, one of the one of my favorite people. Erica's Aww. been coming to our church for a while. Always has this just joyful way about her. Um, <laughs> you know, which is you, it's unusual. Unfortunately, you don't see too many people walking around with with joy. But uh, Erica is is a pretty amazing person. So I wanted Aww. y'all to be able to have a chance to hear her story. Um, let's start out, Erica. You have you have this awesome dog named Heidi. Yes, I do. Tell everybody about your dog. She is a long hair American German Shepherd. She is from West Virginia. We drove out there to pick her up. She is about um, eighty nine pounds, and uh, she is the most obedient and well behaved dog ever. She's huge. She is huge. But right. she's How much a does giant. she weigh? 89 pounds. 89 pounds. Holy cow. <laughs> she seems to be pretty intimidating to other people, but I think she's just a big bear, sweet bear that loves hugs. That's exactly what she looks like. Is yeah. a bear. <laughs> That's probably why she's intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you have a bear in your house. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but have you, did you, have you always loved big dogs? Yes. I think that big dogs are the best. They seem intimidating, but they're just big babies yeah. all the way around. Well, Heidi's a sweetheart. She is. Thank she you. definitely got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so big. Um, where are you from? You have this great accent. I don't know that I've ever talked to you about where you're from. I think you have. Um, I'm or- originally from Mexico City. I grew up uh, going to a bilingual school down there, so I had a British accent originally. So it really? was really funny because when I first came to the United States, people thought I was. Um, you know, American, and then they would hear my accent, and they're like, you must be from Europe. And I'm like, no, try south of the border. <laughs> yeah, because it is different. It is different. It's definitely, you got the uh, uh, definitely a Latin thing going, but it's a little different. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's because I have Texan and British and, you know, Mexican accent all together. <laughs> when did you, so Mexico City. Mexico City. And then when did you come to the States? I came for a two-week vacation back in um, August of 1987, and my mom tricked me and enrolled me in school because her friends um, just encouraged her to do that, and she did. She brought all my paperwork, and she tricked me, and here I am. Vacation that never ended. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> do you still feel like you're on vacation? No. <laughs> <laughs> the vacation is over. Right? Very much so. Well, I'm glad you made it here. Me too. And how'd you end up in Corsicana? Um, well, we have an electrical contracting company, small, but we were doing a lot of work down in Houston, and uh, we lived in McKinney, and it was a long ride down to Houston or coming back, and we still had local work going on, so it seemed like it was the right place to be at the time for uh, what we were doing. Awesome. So that's awesome. How. Um, so the real reason that you're here 
is to tell a little bit about your story of how you came to Jesus and what that has been like in your life. So when did you come to faith? When did you first come to faith? Did you grow up in a, in a religious home? I did. Um, my mom um, took me to a Pentecostal church when I was very young. From there, we went to a non-denominational church that was actually based, um, it was a home church from Christ for the Nations from up here in Dallas area. Okay. And uh, that's actually where I got saved. I was eight years old, and um, I was convicted. I actually grew up uh, in my you know, elementary school years. I went to a Catholic um, school. And uh, it was just a little bit of conflict there because things were different and they didn't seem right. But the reason I went there is because I had, it was a private school, of course, and I had a scholarship for it. Okay. So it was good, you know, academics and everything. So therefore I went there because my parents wanted that for me. Um, However, my, um, you know, my real saving time was about eight, eight years old. And then when I came here, I started going to a, Baptist Church with the family we were staying with, and I got baptized at 14 years old, and um, and I've been, you know, going to church pretty much every ever since I was a little girl. So, so it was your your faith story is kind of like your life story. Like you have yeah. a lot of different influences there. Yes, definitely. Um, and there comes a time in, in everybody's life where it's not so much about all the influences anymore. It's not mom's faith Mm-mm. or the Catholic Church's faith or the Baptist Church's faith or the Assembly's faith or whatever. It's your faith. Correct. When when did you really feel like you embraced it for you and said, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going with? Um, I think at an early age I, I wanted to just – I, f- I, f- I felt in my heart that it was a simple thing for me to do because I felt that if I believed what the Bible said, then I had to embrace it all the way. And, you know, in the Bible it says that if you have the faith of a child, then, you know, you'll be able to um, to just have Jesus with you like all the time. And to, so therefore I decided, I used to see my mom very worried and concerned constantly. And I couldn't process in my mind why if she believed in Jesus and he was our father why would he why would she be worried constantly and i didn't want to grow up that way so um i decided that i would put my trust in jesus no matter what the circumstances because i didn't want to grow up being a worry (laughs) work very much that's probably the answer and and you're not i'm not and so you feel like that's a direct result of Jesus in your life that you don't you don't have to yes. feel a lot of worry and anxiety about every little thing. Correct. I drive people crazy around me usually <laughs> because <laughs> they're concerned about stuff, and I'm like, hey, you know, God's in control, and that's how things you know He'll take care of it one what, way or another. What a gift! Totally. That's awesome. Thank that's you. Awesome. So that that has been tested tremendously, yes. especially over the last couple of years. Very much so. Um, when I met you, you were married to a great guy named Steve mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just a, a real cool guy. <laughs> Y'all were just a real cool couple. It took us a little while to get to know Steve and to get to see his personality because he's not one of those just come out and, and make a splash kind of, kind of guys. But, uh, once I got to know him, uh, you know, it, it was awesome. He's just an awesome guy. <laughs> 
but Steve got cancer mm-hmm. and became very sick and eventually passed away. Correct. What was that battle? I know it's hard to talk about, but what was that battle like for you? What did you learn through that time? And in particular, as it relates to your faith, how did, you know, everything you just talked about, about how you came to faith and how you trusted Jesus and how you, he gives you freedom from worry. How did all of that get put to the test through, through everything that you've been through? Um, growing up, uh, one of my favorite verses and the one that really has gotten me through everything is um, Matthew 6, where, you know, it's, uh, it talks about God taking care of the birds and they never have to worry about whether they're going to eat the next day or anything like that. So I always um, related that to my life. So I figured that if God cares so much about the birds and I knew how much more he cared about us humans and, you know, he sent his own son to die on the cross for us so therefore i knew how important it was to him and um when we when steve started feeling sick and we went to the doctor and we found out that um he was diagnosed with mesothelioma which for those of you who may not know it's um cancer a a rare type of cancer that is caused by asbestos exposure and it could take anywhere from 20 to 50 years to develop mm-hmm. in the lungs. So it's a long process, and that's why a lot of times it's misdiagnosed at the beginning of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, he went through a couple of surgeries before we were actually diagnosed, or he was actually diagnosed with what was really going on with his, um, with him and with his body. <clears throat> and um, overall, he, he was in really, really good health, um, other than the little pain he had on the side. Mm. which um, he was originally diagnosed with um, gallbladder problems, so they were getting ready to take his gallbladder out. And it didn't seem quite right because he was not having the reaction um, from people that have had gallbladder problems that I have met or know, and you can't even come close to the area because it's just so painful. Right. So we went to a couple other different doctors, like I said before, we got the full diagnosis and uh, on September 8th of 2018, we um, got the results from the biopsy and the doctor walked in and he was very frustrated and sad and uh, gave us the the awful news that it was mesothelioma. Mm. Of course, at that time, we had no idea what that meant. We uh, were completely um, taken by surprise and we just weren't sure where we would go from there because we didn't know that much about what it was. Right, so, so immediately we started researching. Of course, nowadays with the phone and access to the internet, you just um, kind of have access to pretty much all types of information, you know? Yeah. Um, the so, doctor. So you're, you're, you're going through all this, mm-hmm. but you're also running a business together. Yes. You're, you're raising a daughter. Yes. And, um, you know, life, life is still moving yes at a at a rapid pace correct how how did you deal with how did you deal with all this it was tough especially because all his doctors were up in McKinney (laughs) where we used to live and we had to travel an hour and you know 15 minutes um, to any doctor's appointments or any kind of procedure he had Um, However, um, the doctor that was, 
you know, dealing with, with Steve and gave us a diagnosis, he suggested that we went down to Houston for um, the doctor that was pioneering into mesothelioma treatment. Mm-hmm. So of course we had to go down to Houston. Um, we immediately set that up, which was about a week later after Steve got out of this out of the hospital in McKinney, and um, and we had a really um, good guy working for us that we could trust that he was continuing the business and continuing taking care of our customers the way you know um, he knew Steve wanted to take care of them. Yeah. So as weird as it sounds, in the middle of all that things falling apart there were a lot of things that fell into place too correct we saw god's hand through it all because my mom was up here from mexico she's she's normally she lives with us when she's here and Mm. when she's in mexico of course she's at her house there but um she was here throughout all that and so my daughter was basically at home with my mom so i Mm. have my 80 year old mom taking care of my at the time 13 year old daughter and your mom is pretty energetic and yes and delightful in a lot of ways in a lot of ways yes yeah so that that's a real blessing. So it was a blessing. I mean, we saw God's hands from the beginning because everything that was going on um, was falling into place step by step, you know. But, and I was there w- with you through some of that. Yes. But it was awful. It was awful. It was um, something that we didn't think would happen because through all the testing that uh, they did down in Houston we were there for two days doing nothing but testing between blood testing through heart you know functioning and uh, it was kind of funny because the uh, cardiologist came and was gonna you know take a look at Steve and and the results from the EKG and all that stuff and uh, asked Steve to take his shirt off and he does and the cardiologist was a nice looking fit man and he goes wow man you have the heart of like an 18 year old so you should be nothing but you know good to go Mm -hmm. so they were giving us a lot of hope the whole time um his health was well other than that and uh and he was strong they wanted him to do the stress test running on a treadmill for about they wanted him to be there like seven minutes Mm -hmm. and he blew him out of the water because he was on there for like 12 minutes so did you struggle with (laughs) You know, you're getting some mixed messages because mm-hmm. Steve is very clearly still declining yes. as far as his energy and his, you know. So he took from September 8th um, to his passing, which was um, four months and one day later. Wow. And it was very quick. The first couple of weeks after the diagnosis, we were very hopeful up until the time that we went back down to Houston they did a um, biopsy in a couple of his lymph nodes to make sure that you know everything was clear. And unfortunately, the doctor came back and told us that he had spread. So, mm. therefore, it took Steve out of the you know probability of getting surgery. So, yeah. that was when we really had the the grimmest news at the time. Yeah, and nothing we could do about it as other than pray and have faith. So, were you were you shocked when he died? Um, we were, yeah, I was shocked, but um, throughout the whole process, we held on to our faith and we knew that God had a plan for our lives, his life, my life. Um, and we knew that no matter what, that he would not leave me or leave my family. So yeah. we held on to that very dearly and very tight. So yeah. that's how we got through it. And we um, we saw different people, uh, friends from 
different areas and of course our church family and um, that's how we we got through because we saw you know God was taking care of us yeah um, and and yet there have been moments where you know I've seen you after church or you know there have been moments where there's been tears there's been the heartache of it all talk a little bit about about that Tears come from a way of, um, you know, just memories because the first time coming into church without him was hard. You were right there to hug me and to tell me it would be okay. And sitting in our regular spot and singing the songs, I could hear him singing in my head. But it was also peaceful knowing that he was no longer in pain because the last few weeks, and you got to see him probably about two weeks before his passing, and you saw that his the shape and what his body was turning into was just awful. Yeah. And he was he was suffering a lot. So Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard and it still is. You know, I remember my dad died let's see, forty two years ago and I always say, you know, I wasn't ready for it then and I'm not ready for it now. It's just one of those things you never feel ready yeah. for. Nope. Emotionally. But um but you continue on and yes. you have Still doing the business. Yes. Still raising your daughter. Still yes. coming to church. Mm-hmm. Helping in the sound booth. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, how do you keep going after something like that? Um, because I still know in my heart that God has a plan. And mm. that um, if our story gives somebody hope, then that's what it's gonna be you know it's it's for God's glory because at the end it's not on my own it, I could have never done it right. without the strength from him and without him putting people in place for support emotional support and um, all kinds of you know friends and hugs and, and that type of stuff so you know I know that we're not alone and I know that um, that I gotta keep going I mean he wouldn't want it any other way anyways yeah so and you got Heidi and I got Heidi. So. <laughs> the big dog to keep you company. That's right. It was a tough year. Um, it was very tough. Um, but I was grateful every day. Every, every morning I wake up and I thank God for giving me another day to continue doing what we do. Well, you're you're a pretty amazing person. <laughs> and uh, you give up all of us who have seen you go through this a ton of encouragement and strength. And so... I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thanks for taking the time, especially to talk about the difficult stuff. I know that's hard, but uh, there are a lot of people out there who are mm-hmm. who are facing real difficult circumstances, especially when it comes to grief. And so, I think your story is going to be a real healing thing for them. So, appreciate I hope it you. helps somebody because I know that we all go through hard times one time or another but God's amazing and he's just he's right there waiting for us to reach out when we need him and to be grateful for what he gives us so that's the way we keep going amazing appreciate you girl love you love you too thank you C thank you Mm -hmm. if you enjoyed our show please subscribe and if you'd like to spread the word please consider leaving a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe too Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. 
This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.